Welcome to Wisdom Unlocked, The Ways of God, a production of Lion's Share, a ministry that aims to co-mission with Jesus in making disciples of all nations. We ignite and provide resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. In our world today, there is more information available than at any time in history, but wisdom is in short supply. In this podcast, you'll hear how learning about the character and ways of God is a guide to wisdom. Hello, everyone. I'm Sonia Bierson, and Dave Buring, the founder and president of Lion Share, and I are back to talk about unlocking God's wisdom. It's something we desperately need. And the topic we're talking about is something we all strive for, but it's so hard to maintain, and that is integrity. But before we get to that, I want to note that Dave and I are especially excited today because Dave's new book, The Great Opportunity, Making Disciples of Jesus in Every Vocation, will be available at bookstores and on Amazon at the end of the month. Dave, I can't wait until people start sending you pictures of your book at, you know, on the shelves of Barnes & Noble or even in an Amazon box that's shown up at their house. Yeah, that'll be fun. And uh, when you get some of those, and if you receive these and you unique places. Send us a picture of where you're taking a look at it. So send us a picture of you with the cover and that'll be fun for us. Yeah. Info at lionshare.org. You know, if you happen to climb Mount Everest and you're at the top of Mount Everest, you know, a little picture of you at the top of Mount Everest with that would be great too. That would be great. So yeah, I'm reaching high. Well, all right. Now back to integrity. Uh, Dave, it seems obvious that integrity is one of the ways of God, Mm -hmm. but let's start with definitions because people may have ideas about what integrity means based on their life experience, but let's, let's go to scripture. Yeah, and scripture is always a good place to start as disciples of Jesus. We want to know what is the truth from God's word. And so you'll, you'll find, depending on the version of the Bible that you're using, um, it being in there, the word integrity, in the Old Testament, somewhere between 16 and 26 times, in the New Testament, once. But that portion in Titus is actually a little different word. So when you look at it in the Old Testament, it can be defined as the condition of being without blemish or completeness, perfection. I like this one, sincerity and soundness. It's often translated in, in certain versions of the Bible in this word, uprightness or wholeness. So the word integrity, interestingly enough, doesn't appear in the New Testament, but its equivalents are things like sincerity, truth, a pure heart, maybe even a single eye. One of the phrases that I like Uh, when describing integrity from the scripture, is the meaning of simplicity of intention. In other words, it's it's being honest, it's being genuine, and it's fundamental to, to godly character. So simplicity of intention tells us that it's not overly complicated, like you're not having to check your agendas on the inside and you're having to switch how it looks to this group compared to this group. It's just this simple intention to be who you are. You know, that's interesting because it's a, it's a larger definition than we probably think about when we hear the word integrity. I Hmm. I definitely associate the word honesty Mm -hmm. with integrity and we certainly think about it a lot in the context of finances Right. Or yeah. just being honest in, yep. in in when you're held to account on something or, or when you're asked a question. But that idea of simplicity of intention and being sincere and genuine, I, I feel like that 
part of it has been lost. You know, uh, you have a list here of, of scripture, which we'll put all those references in our episode notes. But all the mentions of integrity, um, not all of them, but most of them are in Proverbs. And as I think about the title of our podcast, which is Wisdom Unlocked, you know, the 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 book of the Bible that I think about when I think about wisdom is Proverbs. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing that the word integrity is all over Proverbs. Why, why don't you talk to us about a few of those verses and, and how that reflects for us what the definition is? Yeah. So there are eight times uh, that, are, that it's listed in Proverbs. And so let me just give you some of these. So Proverbs 2, 7. So listen to what's around it. All right. Don't just wait for the word to show up, but listen to what's around it. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. So the, the, the reality is when we walk in integrity, we can expect God to defend us. Okay, uh, For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. So think about that. You get a new business or uh, a new marriage. You know, you just got married. Whatever the case may be, it's something that now you've inherited. And integrity allows you to remain in it. Uh, Proverbs 10.9, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. That one kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? Walking integrity in integrity allows you to walk securely. Um there's one here, uh, let me find where it is. Check this one out, Proverbs 27, 20, verse 7. The righteous who walks in his integrity, blessed are his children after him. So it speaks of how our integrity, literally God will bless not only us, but our children. And then check this, I'll give you one more, uh, Proverbs 28, 6. Better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. Like that's God's perspective, the value of walking rightly before him. And we have some examples of integrity in the Old Testament. Uh, I knew about a couple of these, but I don't know much about Abimelech. Yeah, so Abimelech, and it's really interesting because it's the very first mention of integrity in the Bible. And he's a heathen king, and this is the story of Abraham coming into the land and being afraid that if um, this man knows you know, that uh, who he is, that he'll be taken out. So he kind of throws his wife, Sarah, under the bus and says, you're my sister. Yeah. It's that guy. And so this guy wants Sarah as his wife, and as he beds her, the Bible tells us that he falls under conviction and God speaks to him. And Abimelech says, well, my heart was integral in this. And it's interesting in um, in the portion here in verse 6 of chapter 20 of Genesis where God actually tells Abimelech, yes, your heart was integral. You didn't intend to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, so we also see David. You know, where it talks about um, in Psalm 78, he shepherded Israel with integrity of heart. And the the one person that is referred to most in scriptures of all people is Job four times. Uh, isn't this interesting, Sonia? God acknowledges Job's integrity to Satan. Like, that's an amazing thing. Like, there is no man as integral as, as Job. And yet his wife who recognizes as well, says in verse verse 9 in chapter 2, 
are you going to try to retain your integrity? Curse God and die. And Job refused to do that. And later he says, till I die, I will not remove mine integrity from me. So, so one of these people is a, is a heathen king, but shows that you can have a right heart. And then you have David and you have Job. So a couple of interesting stories there in the Old Testament. You know, what I like about those examples, because uh, obviously Jesus is an example of integrity for yes, us too, uh-huh. but what I like about those examples is that these are not perfect people. Mm. We all know about David's fall. Mm-hmm. We know that even among all the amazing things that um, that Job represents for us, you know, someone who suffered but did not turn his back on God for the longest time, despite all of the external pressures. And at one point he does, and God gives him that very famous, you know, um, uh, reprimand and saying, my thoughts are not your thoughts, right? For him to understand that, uh, like, it's okay. Hmm. You know, integrity can be really intimidating, Dave. Well, you know, some people might say, well, I'm never going to live up to that standard of perfection. So why even bother? You know, I want to be honest and consistent in all of my attitudes and actions, but that's an impossible standard. So what's even the point of, of trying to show integrity? Or maybe I'll just show integrity on the outside the best I can, you know, in front of people, especially non-believers or, you know, if people look at me as a leader in the mm. church or in the faith. I'll do my best, but I'm never going to be perfect. So, you know, I, I'm not even going to try, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for me, I, I was telling you uh, earlier that when I get to the core of what integrity is, I like how we can see in the life of Jesus, as we know, he was both the son of God and the Son of Man, which, by the way, was his fav- favorite title about himself. He was both of those at the same time. In other words, his Son of Godness and his Son of Manness were integrated, and he walked it as one. And so when I think of integrity, I want you to think of the word integrated, which means that my whole life is integrated. In other words, all parts of me are simply expressed without dissonance or without conflict. So there is nothing fake or phony. You're, you're not wearing a mask when you're home with your family, and then you got this mask on when you're with certain friends and another mask on the job. You are the same all the time. Simplicity of intention. Your intentions are the same. There, your responses arise from a pure heart, and there, there's not this trying to manage something and I think it's important to know if we're in that place of trying to always manage it, we need to allow the Lord to take a deeper look inside because it probably means there's something he's trying to get at in our hearts. You know, that reminds me of that kind of famous definition, that famous saying about integrity, you know, that it's what a person does when no one else is looking. Mm-hmm. And that's a great definition. Mm-hmm. But I've heard you teach that that's not a complete definition mm-hmm. when we look at it from a spiritual perspective. Can you unpack that for us? Yes. So according to scripture, the real true gauge of a person's integrity is what's in their heart. And Jesus, out of the abundance of your heart, 
the mouth speaks. And as we know, we've been seeing this all over the place over these last couple of years with the intensity of life all around us and in our society that you just hear people speaking stuff that you go, why in the world did they say that? And the reality is that God desires our hearts to walk in integrity because when our hearts walk there, guess what? What comes out of your mouth is usually going to be good. What comes um, out of your, uh, as an expression of your attitudes or even your actions, it's often going to be good. Perfect? No. We will make mistakes and we need to ask those around us to please forgive us for those mistakes. And as we know, God does when we come in that place of humility. However, the, the dynamic that we have to recognize here is that it's born of our hearts. Now, let me just read a couple things here from David. Psalm 19, verse 14. He said, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God. So see, he's driving it back to the heart. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. He says to God, Search me, O God, and know my heart try me or test me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And so a lot of this comes back to what God, what we've allowed God to work through in our hearts. So that's an important piece of this. Yeah. So you're saying it's not just what we do when no one else is looking. There's that external piece that maybe others in the world may look at. But again, what God's looking for is what's going on in our heart and out of the overflow of the heart, not just the mouth speaks, but also the actions. Yes. You know, we focus so much on the actions. Um, You know, when I was a, a young mother, I remember reading a parenting book, you know, that talked about integrity and how you want to you know, kind of nurture that in your children. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as I was saying before, you know, you feel so intimidated by that concept of integrity. And sometimes we as parents, you know, we kind of wink at the standards for ourselves, but yet we want our kids Mm -hmm. to meet those standards. Mm -hmm. And so when you were talking about, you know, being genuine, that's part of integrity, you know, it, it, a lot of parenting books now talk about the fact that children really appreciate it when you acknowledge when you failed. Mm-hmm. So kind of walking that line, you know, of saying, yes, there's a standard, right? But at the same time, it's okay to fail. Yes. And, you know, sometimes I, I think that part of the reason why we – You know, if someone said, hey, you're full of integrity or thanks for showing that or whatever, is because we think about all the times when we haven't, (laughs) when we haven't been. And um, I I promised my younger son I would give an example about him because last episode I gave an example (laughs) about my older son. You have to be integrity. Yes, I I, got to be integrity, full of integrity for what I promised him. Uh, And this is, you know, confession time. Again, you guys know I like to give a personal example and 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 just throw it out throw it all out there so i'm i'm being full of integrity and in, mm-hmm. in just opening up here that's right but you know um josh one time he looked just amazed like jaw dropping amazed when he saw you know i was so angry and frustrated with him like let's get out the door come on you know we promised this person we were going to meet them and we got to get going and you know i'm just i'm just full of frustration 
and we get in the car and the neighbor and her kids get in and they're, you know, much younger than my children. And all of a sudden I, I went from being angry and frustrated and I turned around and I spoke very kindly and sweetly to them. And he looked at me, he saw that inconsistency you know, like you were screaming at me earlier and now you're talking in what he called a baby voice, Mm. right? (laughs) Oh, Jason, how are you doing? You know, and and he saw that inconsistency Mm. and I I felt like, ooh, Mm. I just got busted for not showing integrity Mm. of putting on that false face. Mm. Um, My other son calls it, he called me a cheetah. Why is that? Because I'm the fastest turner. (laughs) (laughs) from being angry or frustrated, right? You know, we're making a meal, people are coming over and, you know, I'm like, I said, set the table. Like, how many times do I have to ask you? Like, help, help me. Do you see that I'm sweating? You know, we got people coming over, don't make a mess. And then as soon as the doorbell rings, you know, I turn into this welcoming and pleasant, you know, so I give you this example to say that it would be easy for me to say, to excuse it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Rationalize it. Mm-hmm. Well, no one's getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's OK. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, this is not a big deal. But people are watching. And mm-hmm. in my case, my children are watching. Mm-hmm. If you lead a church, your your congregation is watching. Mm-hmm. If you're leading a company, mm-hmm. uh, even among your coworkers, they're watching mm-hmm. even for the smallest things. And and we're going to talk a little bit more about kind of what this looks like in our in our work world, in our vocational life, uh, and tie this together. But let's first take a break. Here's a special offer for podcast listeners. When you purchase The Great Opportunity, Making Disciples of Jesus in Every Vocation at lionshare.org, enter the discount code PODCASTBUNDLE, all one word. You'll receive an additional book by Dave Buring called The Jesus Blueprint. Learn why and how to disciple someone else who works in your field. Go to lionshare.org today. Remember, buy the great opportunity and enter the discount code PODCASTBUNDLE, all one word, to receive your free book. And we're back and we're continuing our conversation on integrity. And Dave, I want to talk about this in the context of your new book, The Great Opportunity. Now, it seems like Integrity is something we need across all of the vocational fields. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's often the most common complaint. Politicians don't have integrity. Pastors don't have integrity. Mm-hmm. School administrators don't have mm-hmm. integrity. People who create technology don't have integrity. You know, these days, those who work in public health don't have integrity. People in finance mm-hmm. don't have integrity. And if that's the case, then we really need to show our character. How do you feel like this is demonstrated in the the world of work? So I think just as, as people, wherever we are, family life, work life, one of the things we need to realize is doing something right, which is integral, also applies when we do something wrong. So when I screw up, uh, let's just say I'm the head of a company and, and a policy that I implemented that I thought would be for everybody's good or financially good or whatever the case may be started hurting people in my company. Integrity would not just be for me to 
to be bullheaded and keep going. Integrity would, would be for me, A, to listen. One of the things that I like is if a person has integrity and they see a character deficiency or flaw, they are the first ones to say, I need to deal with that. I just can't let that continue in my life. And so as the boss in this situation where I've screwed up, integrity is also going back to my employees and saying, look, I've heard from several of you. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. I just need to let you know I totally missed it on this. And I'm sorry for where that has fussed things up in your life and just know I'm looking for ways to make that up. See, that is equally integrity because integrity is ultimately tethered to God's truth in scripture. And so... Um, it's not just doing the right thing. It's not just being, you know, it's not just what a person does when no one else is looking. Those, those are very helpful. But it is also being integral to the point that you're honest or walking in integrity to the point that you're being honest about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very key thing. And I find when I have been under leaders who walk that way, it's like the world's way of thinking, well, they're not going to trust you if you you know, acknowledge that you screwed up. I find it's the opposite because you realize that when they do screw up, they're going to tell you. And so there's a greater trust that is built in relationship with that person. Yeah, and too often we see that as weakness. Yes. Yeah, well, the world frames it as weakness, and we need to be able to um, understand this and be confident enough to walk in this. And, and, and while we're here, Sonia, let me make this point. The world often focuses on outward integrity so that it looks right. Our finances are good. My relationships are good, whatever the case may be. But do you understand that the world has a right to expect that we as followers of Jesus will walk in integrity? And so I think it's right that the world holds holds up a mirror. And we don't like that sometimes because it exposes the ugliness. But we're supposed to be light, which includes when we're wrong, admitting it and moving forward and making things right where that needs to happen. And again, let me say, it actually builds trust when you walk down the road with that person. And I know in the book, one of the things you talk about is, you know, it's not just about bosses, right? It's not just about leaders. It's all mm-hmm. also about those of us who walk under leaders. Yes. This is kind of the point of view, I guess, I'm I'm talking about from kind of the worker, the employee perspective. Mm -hmm. And when I think about integrity, it's also about doing the best I can in my job. You know, my best may not be, you know, someone else's level of best. Mm -hmm. That's not the important part. Doing the best I can at any particular job means that I'm understanding that my work is as unto the Lord. Yeah. Not just to my particular boss or the expectations of the company. I, I answer to a higher power, yeah, <laughs> you know, as, right. as they say, and that I have a standard of excellence because of how God has gifted me and how I need to represent him to those I work with. So, you know, to me, that's honesty, too. Yes. Knowing that I've done my best. Yes, very much. And again, it's it's allowing what's in your heart to overflow through your words, your attitudes, your actions. And if, like you you define that really well, if we are doing things, as the Bible tells us, as unto the Lord, 
like, where would I not want to give my best? Where would I not my, want my attitude to be good? Where would I not want to relate to the other people on my uh, line or my team well with? And that's where, again, you're being, you're functioning out of integrity of the heart when you operate that way. And so I think that's a very important piece for us to look at. And and those of us that work on behalf of others, uh, we were hired by them. Let's let's just make sure it doesn't get reduced to a paycheck. That's why I'm here is a paycheck. It actually is way beyond that. And and uh, I hope you get a copy of the Great Opportunity because I think it will envision you in a new way of operating to realize that it's not just a job. It's not my fifty hour a week thing. It's not just a paycheck. It's actually way more valuable than that, way more important than that uh, to God. Yeah, and I think the premise behind your book, you know, which is also in the title, is making disciples. And that phrase can feel very intimidating. But the reason that this can apply to the world of work is because I can share with someone coming up behind me, and they don't have to be, you know, two decades behind me, it can even just be a few years, I can share these experiences where I had a fork in the road, Mm -hmm. in in terms of how I could have handled something, Mm -hmm. or how how I could have chosen not to handle something. You know, everything from, you know, I, I kind of cheated a little bit on my expense reimbursement. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, I'm working really hard. I'm sacrificing time with my family. Um, that may not technically be allowed on my expense reimbursement, but I'm just going to kind of assume that it's it's fine and no yeah. one's really going to ask me about it. Yeah. Who's going to see? Yeah. No one's going to see that. Yeah. God sees it. Yeah. And so this is an opportunity for us to share those failings and successes. Uh, but at the same time, like, hey, person I'm discipling, I know what it's like to sit there. I, I know what that feels like. And that's what you can offer to someone that you're discipling in in this context. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's like we've learned over the years, whenever you feel like your heart is justifying something, you usually, it's a swing and a miss. Mm-hmm. You've missed somewhere. And, I, and that's one of the conviction points in my life. When I find myself justifying something, I usually know I've missed it there and need to make it right with the Lord or a person or whatever the case may be. I think when it comes to discipling in the area of integrity, the greatest um, expression of this is allowing people into our lives close enough that they can watch us in everyday life settings. And it will cause them to see how we respond to different things and that when we blew it, we're quick to acknowledge it. And I think that creates um, uh, some discipling relationships that if you have a heart to do that, draw alongside of some of those um, people in your life and just let them live life with you. And and again, for some of you, just that's really scary because they're going to see all of me. So when that happens in my heart, I try to leverage that for that's going to make me grow. And I just want to encourage you to do the same. Don't be afraid of it. Let God grow you in that way. So, Dave, I'm going to push you a little on this and say, you know, you've invited us with these great tools. I want you to challenge our listeners with what you just said. You know, give them a couple of strong application points or questions that as they, you know, finish listening to this episode, that they can say, okay, here are two two or three questions that Dave is challenging me with that I want to think about when I'm done. So I think the first one for me is is just examining your own heart and saying, 
Am I living my life day in, day out, different circumstances, different relationships, different settings? Am I living my life out of integrity? Do I have a heart intention to do that? Or am I hiding a lot of things? And, you know, the Bible tells us in Numbers, behold, your sin will find you out. It has a sneaky way of coming up and biting us in the rear end at the wrong time. And I just want to encourage you, if you find yourself hiding things a lot, and you just, it's like, you know, and can I just tell you, this is where integrity being the simplicity of intention is huge because it's not a lot of work where when you're hiding stuff, that's a lot of work. So I just want to first challenge you in your own heart. Secondly, I want to challenge you in your relationships. Are you a person of integrity in your relationships? Like with that person on the job and that and then your your spouse at home or your children at home, and then the, the neighbor that you play golf with, for example, would they say that you're all the same? One of the, the greatest affirmations of my life, I wasn't expecting it, and it came from my wife. She was asked to introduce me uh, somewhere, and she just winked at me, and I thought, oh, this will be interesting. And she got up, and one thing she said to me, that I so appreciated and was unexpected is she said, the man that's standing in front of you today to speak on God's ways is the same man that I live with in my home. He's the same person here that he is at home. And that's something that I strive for. And, and it also means, by the way, many times having to say, I'm sorry to my wife and to say, I was wrong. But I want to live that way. So I, I want to ask you, as unperfect as I'm doing, are you trying to do that in your relationships? And then thirdly, I would just challenge you in your vocation because the testimony of Jesus is at stake on how we live our lives. And if we're talking actually about discipling people within our vocation to reflect God's character and his ways, we've got to live it first in our lives. So where you've wronged, but you know, wronged others maybe in your vocation and you realize, wow, that is... That was not in, uh, full of integrity. I want to encourage you, go back, make that right with them. They will not think of less of you. They will actually respect you more. So those are the first couple things that come to my mind. Oh, that's a lot. That's good enough. Don't add to that list, Dave. Well, we have an outline and scripture references, like I said, for everything we talked about today in the episode notes, which you can find at lionshare.org slash podcast. And as we mentioned, consider picking up a copy of Dave's new book, The Great Opportunity, to catch this vision for discipling and investing in others who share the same kind of work that you do. You know, being honest about your experiences With this subject, integrity and honesty, that can be such an encouragement and a lesson for those coming up behind you. And Dave, we mentioned this uh, last week, but if you can believe it, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of this podcast in April. And we're putting together a special episode to commemorate the occasion by featuring questions from you, our listeners. We'd love to hear what you're curious about what topics you want us to discuss in the future, what was your favorite episode, Uh, which teaching or discussion has made an impact on you in, you know, even some small way, which episode have you shared with others? How many months out of the year does Dave wear (laughs) flip-flops? Yes, I'd be happy to answer that one. (laughs) You know, we can't do this special episode without you, so please email us at info at lionshare.org with your questions and comments. 
We'd also love if you'd rate and review our podcast on Apple or Podchaser so that more people can learn about Wisdom Unlocked, the ways of God. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Wisdom Unlocked, the Ways of God is a production of LionShare, a ministry that ignites and provides resources to disciple makers in the church and throughout the vocations. To learn more about what we do and how we can help you, please visit lionshare.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo.